This sports social podcast is brought to you by BetVictor, where live streams, smart stats, and in-play betting can help you make your best bet yet. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Hi, my name is Jonna, and I play football for Chelsea FC and for the Swedish national team. And you are listening to the Blue Day podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. Yes, this is the Blue Day podcast. And for Chelsea fans everywhere, every day is a blue day. I am your host, the creator, the man with a face for podcasting, Keith Lawrence. And joining us this week is a man who I know for sure who would have had a few choice words to say to his defensive teammates after those two performances that we've just witnessed. It's Steve Wick. Steve, welcome to the show. Yeah, I would say how I would I would say how are you, but I think I might know the answer already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All, well, I'm just just getting over COVID, so I feel better today. I felt quite dodgy the last sort of week, ten days, but I feel all right now. I feel well, better. I was going to sort of say you was meant to go to the game last night. We was yeah. meant to have a bit of a sort of a nice little meet up at the butcher's yeah. hook. Hopefully, you know, oh, but- I was I was still positive. Uh, I had a test, um, and I don't want to give this to anyone. I, I, you know, I think we got to be a little bit careful, and uh, mm. you know, I, I don't think it's fair on other people if you start to to mingle and mix when you know you've got something like this. Well, you you probably had a lucky escape from last night. You've <laughs> especially watching that. Um, for today's show, we are going to review the last two games, and not great performances but we are going to hopefully go through certain individual performances and find out really what's going on and in fact is all the outside influences causing any issues with this but Steve we'll start with the Brentford kick us when we're down basically it was it was a huge shock on Saturday to lose to Brentford in a game that we didn't necessarily need to win because we're quite comfortable in third. It would be nice to sort of still catch like Liverpool and City or be at least near them. I don't think we're going to be caught by Man United or Arsenal or Tottenham. I still think we are better than them. But Saturday's performance against Brentford was a real shitter. It, it didn't look, from me being there at the Matthew Harding lower, didn't look like Chelsea actually prepared for the game. And I said this to a couple of people after the game that 
if it wasn't for Christian Eriksen, the, the result would have been completely different. Eriksen has made Brentford so much better. And I think without Eriksen, Brentford are a bog-standard championship side, in my opinion. Eriksen ran the show on Saturday, and we had no answer to it. Loftus-Cheek as a holding midfielder does not work. I was surprised that Kovacic didn't start. I was surprised Jorginho didn't start. And we we go a goal up with Rudy with a fabulous strike, fantastic long-range strike. But that seemed to spark Brentford into action, not us. And it just seemed that we just was just going to coast to victory, but it wasn't to be. And hindsight's a wonderful thing, Steve. People say that all the time. And you look at what happened last night, and then you look at what happened on Saturday. In your opinion, as a defender, as a player, and as a coach, is there some? Is there a, a, an underlying issue here that needs to be addressed defensively? Because we do seem to be conceding a lot of goals. Not just a lot of goals, but a lot of crap goals. A lot of goals that this time last year we didn't concede. Bearing in mind that we did go on to win the European Cup. Is there an issue here? And I will put it out there to you and I'll even mention it to the audience. Is this issue with the owners actually having an effect with the players? Well, yeah, it's going to because, um, you know, we've got players out of contract. Now, as that stands at the moment, they can't be offered a new contract to Chelsea until some kind of deal's done. Christensen's made his mind up he's going to go. Um, It seems to me over the last couple of games, Rudiger has not been himself. So he's probably thinking he's going to go. We had two people that will be thinking to themselves subconsciously, if they're going to go, I don't want to get injured. I don't want to get injured and, and, and not be able to do the deal because both of them have got obviously good deals. But that's two of our centre-backs. And they both played last night. Um, and to me, To be a defender, you've got to love defending. Our defending yesterday was absolutely dire. Hmm. And for someone like Benzema to have three headers in the box, it's a sin. And it need I felt, both our centre-backs needed a rocket up the arse. Because to me, it was all too easy for Real Madrid. And there's no excuse for, for that. You know, um, and even to the extent where we score a goal, get back in the game, and then at the start of the second half, we're lapsed, we're sloppy, we're, and we just give away a goal. And it's taken the fans who were really getting, you know, if we'd have done things right for 10 minutes and got on top a little bit, it could have been a totally different game. But we didn't. We gifted them a third goal that was, you see given away on a park pitch with a goalkeeper that thinks he's Franz Beckenbauer. You know, he's not. He never will be. We said this before the recording. I would never, ever think that someone like Peter Bonetti, even someone, if you're going towards the 21st century, someone like a Carlo Cudicini, would never Gordon, have made that kind Banks of mistake. Gordon Banks would have done that. Have no. been, 
up to Jeff Hurst. That would have been up front. That yeah, ball. would have just bunged And that's all we've got to do at 2-1, getting yeah. back in the game. That's all we've got to do. Mm. Get the ball in their half, cause a few problems. Keep the thing. Oh, no, we got Franz Beckenbauer at the back. Mm. You know, you know. I, I've seen it with a lot of goalkeepers, mate, in the five-a-side. They, they think they're God's gift and... Uh, and they're not. Is this something? Is this something that's taught at the training ground? Is this something that the goalkeeping coaches are saying to them? Listen, try and be a sweeper keeper, be an extra man in defence. Blah blah blah. I've seen it on coaching courses that they try. That this was a few years ago now, but they're trying to teach the goalkeepers to if their team has the ball, you come out your area and then you try and be another sort of defender. So if yeah. the fullback's got the ball and there's no option there, then you're that last sort of option. So that's when they play the ball back because then he can see more what's in front of him. The problem you have is, is when you've got a goalkeeper who's kicking is not so great. And Mendy's kicking has not been great this season. It has been woeful. Not as woeful as someone like Pickford or Pope but he's kicking this, and he has had some mistakes in him this season. He's got away with it because of either the, the opposition hasn't done well with the mistake, they haven't taken advantage of that mistake, or he's been got out of jail by our defence. Yeah. Last night, and even on even on Saturday, there was some some mistakes that Mendy was making, and. Little bit surprising with that, but last night I mean, we'll talk, touch on more with the Madrid game. But there seems to be a lot of mistakes being brought it brought in now. Seven goals in two games. Is is that a concern in terms of our defensive display? And the reason why I ask that is because of Brentford on Saturday, Steve. He went with a back four. Two called has changed his tactics a lot this season compared to last season where it was just one formation and it was rigid. Everyone knew their job. Everyone knew exactly what needed to be done. Now, he's changing it. He's going with a 3-5-2. He's going with a 3-4-3. He's going with a 4-3-3. He's going with a 4-2-3-1. He keeps chopping and changing it a little bit. Even last night during the uh, during the game against Madrid, he put Lukaku up top with Havertz as a 10. That He hasn't done that before. And it's, again, another formation being used. And you're thinking, is this a problem? Is this one of the factors why Chelsea... And it, is, it, was, said, it was said in the shed. I, I was in the shed upper last night. It was said then. It was said on Saturday. We haven't played well for a while, but we've been getting results. We've... Our, our running has helped, bearing in mind who we've played against, but we haven't played brilliantly. I think our last game was that we played superb was against Liverpool in the cup final. Look how that bloody turned out. But is that is this a, is this a concern, Steve, going forward? I can take that result against Liverpool every day of the week. It was a great cup final. Chelsea played absolutely brilliant, but since that day. We have been poor. Yeah. We've won games where you think, oh, Jesus Christ, we're lucky there. Mm. That could have gone the other way. Mm. We've won games and you think, 
we haven't dominated a game since then. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the writings on the wall, we, we've got, in my opinion, my humble opinion, <clears throat> we've fallen farther behind Liverpool and Man City this season. We have. We've fallen. And I look at, as I said to you before, the best signing of the last window by a mile was Diaz at Liverpool. He has been, he's, he is exactly the type of player we need. We've got busy, Pulisic is a busy little bee. He buzzes about, but he ain't going to get you 15 goals a season. He's not going to come onto the field and destroy a team with his pace and his skill. Ain't going to happen. You know, we've got to look at things now and say, right, what do we need to do to keep up with Liverpool and Man City? Because we're falling farther and farther. We're not too far above now that clump of teams, which is Arsenal, Tottenham, West Ham, Man United. There are clump of teams behind Liverpool. And actually, when you look at it, we're three points behind. We can get overtaken. Unless we pull our finger out, we can get overtaken. And we need to, for our own sake, to keep above that group of people. But we need to get rid of a load of players. If players don't want to be at Chelsea, get rid. But our recruitment has got to be up there with Liverpool and Man City. And at the moment, our recruitment isn't. Well, we'll talk about the players that were recruited and we'll touch on, obviously, with Saturday as well in mind because there were certain players that played that I'm starting to lose patience with and one of them was Timo Werner. Now, I know a lot of Chelsea fans like him and the, (laughs) the, the reason they like him and uh, I'm flabbergasted with their reasonings. Not not all of them, but some of them, where they say he runs a lot. Yeah, he he, he runs a lot. Well, if I wanted someone to run a lot, I would ask a, a sprinter. I'd ask a marathon runner. I'd ask him to be on the pitch. I don't want Werner to run. I want Werner to score goals. I want Werner to create. I want Werner to be the Werner that we signed him for. We're not getting that Timo Werner at all. And I don't know what it is, whether it's because he's not the main man, whether it's little fish in a big pond and he's he, he's lost. I have no idea. He... He's uh, when he when he's done interviews, Steve. He's he seems like a nice guy. He's got a bit of a sense of humour. When he's on the pitch, he just looks lost. And we're not getting our in our, our investment back on him. I don't know whether we should cut our losses. And it we'll talk about another striker in a minute who missed a bloody sitter yesterday. But I want Werner to succeed. Because I know that if Werner goes in, in the summer, Steve, yeah, he, will score, he will score 25, 30 goals elsewhere. Yeah. 
He will, no. he will, he will score twenty-five to thirty goals, whether it's at Liverpool or Dortmund or even at bloody Tottenham. He will score them goals. Trust me, he wouldn't score all the shots twenty-five goals a season. No, yeah. no, come on, no, no, no. Keith, that man is not good enough to be playing in a top three Premier League team. He's not. He's not. He has had ample opportunity to score goals, to get 20 goals a season. He's missed chance after chance. Now, what we've got to do, and I think Glenn Hoddle did ask for the paper that Chelsea might re- regret letting Werner go. Well, that's about every footballer, isn't it? Did we feel that when we got rid of Salah? Did we feel that when we got rid of De Bruyne? I did with De Bruyne. Who'd you rather have, Salah or Werner or De Bruyne? Which one would you rather have? Because those those decisions at Chelsea Football Club have stopped us from being the best team in the country. (sighs) We've let world-class players go. And yet we keep on to players that are just not good enough. I've just, we're talking about Timo now. I've just looked at his stats. He's 15 appearances, nine of them starts, one goal in the Premier League. It's it's dire. But because he runs about, you know, and he, and, he, and to be fair to him, you know, good, you know, I'm glad he runs about and he works hard for his money. But he was bought to buy goals. Yeah. He was bought to be a focal point to score the goals, that 20-goal-a-season person, and he's had ample chances to get 20 goals a season, and he's missed it. It's a little bit like Torres. When Torres came to to Chelsea, everyone thought, God, this is it. This is this is what we need. This is the... And it got to the stage, it was so far in Torres' head do you remember at Man United when he's gone past the goalkeeper and you're yeah. saying, oh, just yeah. put it in. Yes, you, we, wanted him to, to, we wanted him to score and be a success. And he hit the post. I could yeah. see Werner doing that. But I'll tell you what, when he scored that goal in Barcelona to put us into the final, I bet Werner wouldn't do that. I bet you... He'd either tread on the ball, trip over, go past the goalkeeper, but he wouldn't score. Makes you wonder. He's not at the moment. And if you look at every other football club that is in that group of players, a group of clubs that we're getting sucked into, and that's the Tottenham Arsenal and the Man United and the West Ham, they've got players that are scoring. And I've said to you in the past, we haven't got that 20-goal-a-season player. And now we're beginning to pay for it. We haven't. Well, one player who was supposed to do that was a certain Romelu Lukaku. And he's not had a nice return to Chelsea, is he? He has not had a very good uh, homecoming at Chelsea, has he? Uh, With the infamous interview that has upset a lot of Chelsea fans. And with his performances and the fact that it doesn't seem that he's Tuchel's number one guy. Their reports 
that he's trying to beg his agent to get him to move back to Inter Milan on a loan deal with a potential view for a permanent. Um, whether or not that is something that Chelsea would allow him to do, I don't know. But last night, Steve, and again, I like Lukaku. I was one of those that was delighted when we signed him because I'm thinking this is this is a guy who's going to win us the league. He he looked hungry. He was a guy that had a point to prove. He wanted, but for the last few months, he looks like he's put on a bit, just a bit more weight. And he seems like the Lukaku that we're getting from Manchester United, whereby he just seems he's not moving as much. He's not as mobile. But the one thing I did want to mention is the fact that I think that he's in a similar vein to Torres, whereby we're not playing to his strengths. Now, I'm not going to be an anti-Lukaku supporter. I'm not saying he should be out of our club. We are not playing to the guy's strengths. Against Brentford, when Lukaku came on, we did not cross that ball once in the box against Brentford. Not once. We just kept passing it side to side, right to left, left to right, back to the centre. Reese James, who I you know, we talked about before we came on, he came on in the second half. He went, he just kept passing it back. He had no, did look like he had the confidence, whether it was belief, or because you brought it up about him just coming back from injury and not risking further damage whereby he would be risking with his pace. He didn't do any 1v1s. He put, then he put, obviously put Reese James at left back as well because he t- took Alonso off. But we crossed, we did not cross the ball at all. And you've got a lump of a forward that made his reputation at Inter by scoring from crosses and keeping the ball alive from crosses from Inter Milan, we're not playing to the guy's strengths, which is why I am not as downhearted with Timo as a lot of other people, although I'm losing my patience, because we're not playing to the guy's strengths. And there's a few of them we're not playing to, to to their strengths. I even think Kante we're not playing to the guy's strengths because Kante's starting to look like a normal player now. He's not looking like the Kante from two, three years ago. He's starting to look human. Keith, what I'll say to you is what I was taught as a footballer when I was at Chelsea QPR. Anywhere, the coaches that I had used to say to the wide players, one touch out your feet, don't look and pick anyone out, you don't need to. You hit it in the corridor of uncertainty. You get it in as quickly as you can and it's up to them to get on the end of it. We never do that. No. We go up, we got a chance to get the ball in, what do we do? We play it back. We did the same thing last night as well. As centre forward, Keith, you're making runs, oh, it's going back, oh, Oh, it's going back. And I can fully understand. I can understand Lukaku more than I can Werner. Yeah. He's a big lump. He needs that supply. Mm. He'll bully his way into situations. If that ball keeps coming in, he'll bully his way into it. That's his strength. Mm. But he's not getting any crosses. No. Now, also, his style, 
is the worst style in the world when things are going wrong. Because you look at him, you think, oh, he's slow, he's big, he's lumbersome, he's this, he's that. Because he's not being, a, he's not being allowed to do, you know, if he had crosses like Real Madrid had yesterday. Yeah. And he attacks it. He's capable of scoring goals. But we are not. We're playing what I call safety football. It's almost like people don't want to give the ball away. And what happened when Reese James, before his injury, so many times, Reese never looked up. He just hit that ball in that, in that box. And we haven't got that anymore. All Zelich does is he goes up. He hasn't got the pace to beat anyone. He comes back. Pulisic, he's a little bit more like a busy little bee. But his end product is, 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 is nine times out of ten, nothing. So we've got a big centre forward who wants to put himself about. But he's like he's playing on one leg because no one's supplying him with the ammunition he needs. Pulisic normally cuts inside and tries to shoot, more mostly passes. Yeah. Zich, the same. Enough. Not good enough. No. There's another one that we've got to make a decision and say, right, we need, and quickly, as I said to you, Diaz has proven to be the most incredible... Now, he could have gone to Tottenham. Yes. Right? Yeah. He could have gone to Tottenham. Now, what I'm asking myself is, why isn't Chelsea in that thing? Why aren't we going for Diaz? Why didn't we go to the... You know, Portugal is a breeding ground for Man City. They've got so many good Portuguese players that don't cost the world, they don't cost the earth, but they have signed four or five, well, more, six fantastic Portuguese players. We aren't looking to build a team. It's like we're, oh, he scored 30 goals. Oh, he's, he's must be a good player. We're buying. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, as to me, Liverpool and Man City are building this jigsaw puzzle. And they're buying people that fit into that jigsaw perfectly. We're not. We're buying because someone's got a reputation for one season. It's a little bit like, I'll tell you how football, the Everton centre-forward. Calvert-Lewin? Yep. Right. Halfway through last season, people would have spent 70, 80 million quid to buy him. What would you pay for him now? I wouldn't buy him, personally. Exactly. He's more interested in oh. wears than he's, he's, what I'm saying is, not so long ago, people would have said, oh, he's going to be great. He's in the England squad. We're buy That's what we do. That's what Chelsea do. We don't look and say, right, we're going to build, we've got this unbelievable jigsaw puzzle, and do you know what? We're going to buy him because he fits that perfectly. What we've got, we haven't got that continuity with our signings that they fit in nicely. You know, and, and we spent 90, uh, I said to you, who was my number one choice as a centre forward? Harland. I kept saying, that's the player we've got to go for. You said all last he, summer. You said all last he, summer about Harley. When he, what, four years of age? He has got everything 
He can cause people problems. He can hold the ball up. He's got power. He's got pace. And he's as bright as a button. We are much rather Chelsea but bided their time and gone for someone like that and got him in the bag. Because that, to me, is the best centre-forward in the world at the moment. But we don't. We panic a little bit. And we buy Pulisic. We buy this. We, yeah. I think what we try and do with people like Pulisic and Zelic, we buy potential. And even Werner, we buy potential. We don't buy the finished article. One striker that, well, funny enough, you talk about Haaland and you, you know, we've dissected Lukaku's performances recently against Real Madrid and the, the fact that he missed that chance against Real Madrid last night still baffles me. I still can't believe how that hasn't gone in, how he no. missed that. And with Timo, yeah, he's a great runner, but he don't score goals. One striker that potentially is available... But it depends if he might stay at his club or whether he would want a new challenge. Would you go for someone like Lewandowski? No. No, because we, we, we've He's got. Proven. Yeah, Keith, I know. I know, and he is a fan. And I, I think it's unbelievable that guy hasn't got the Bellum Door. I think he deserved it in the past. And I think he's been, you know, to me. He'd be more reliable than Ronaldo as a person in your oh, club. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be a very, very good, you know. Um, the young kids would look, look up to him and he'd be brilliant. And he's, he's the way he plays and the way he is, to me, uses ultra, you know, professionalism. But I think what we've got to do is we've got to get out there because there are players out there that are top, top class players. And we've got to start building a proper jigsaw puzzle where, and we might be able to do it now because, to be fair, half the problem at Chelsea is a manager has six games or in the past has had six games. If he'd lost five out of six, He's struggling for his job. But what Pep and Klopp have been able to do in their time at their two clubs is build a proper foundation, adding all the ice. They've built a fantastic fruitcake, but they've been given time to make that fruitcake into a Christmas cake and a birthday cake. Chelsea managers don't get that. And that's why we go guide go and scatter by so many players that the manager gets a sack and he wants different players. And the one thing that Liverpool and Man City have over us is they've given their managers time to create two fantastic teams. Now that might change now. But it's never been the Chelsea way. And the only good, listen, Roman did everything in terms of, of winning trophies for, for, for Chelsea. But it was never allowed to 
grow organically with a manager that was going to knew what he wanted, but it wasn't going to take 10 games or 12 games. And Pep had a dodgy time when he first came to Man City. He, and yet, he, he did not win a trophy in his first season. No. 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 And Jürgen, he, he, you know, it took him time. Mm. But they were given time. And that's, it's like Man United. Man United change and they buy players thinking they can get themselves out of trouble. Doesn't work that way. And we're victims of that. Uh, two other players that I'd like to mention before we do talk about Thomas Tuchel. You talk about the recruitment. You talk about how Chelsea might be able to improve and you look at what's out there. You look at players that are available and you look at, obviously, depending on what happens with the ownership, which we won't go too much in the weeds this week because, to be honest, there's not much to really talk about in terms of the ownership. We're not going to certainly talk about the Ricketts family. We're not going to talk about Lord Coe and Sir Martin Broughton, but two players that are available... On, on free transfers, so no transfer fees at all. Obviously, there will be a lot of bloody wages spent on the players and the agents. Would you go for Paulo Dybala from Juventus on a free and Paul Pogba from Man United? No, I wouldn't go for Pogba. I would not touch that man with a barge pole. I don't like footballers that keep changing their hair to blue, yellow, red, white. To me... <laughs> He's more in more. No, I wouldn't have Pogba anywhere near, near my football club. Chelsea Football Club and Man United Football Club deserve better than Pogba. Uh, Pogba. I think his attitude stinks. I think he's been an absolute disgrace to Manchester United. And that great club, it is a great club with fantastic history, deserves better. And I wouldn't have him in my club for all the tea in China. But the other guy, yeah. Hello, Dybala, yeah. Yeah. I take a chance on him. But again, you know, I think what's got to be, we, we've got to, have, we've got to get, listen, Thomas Tuchel has deserved the right for the management of Chelsea Football Club to turn around to him and say, right, let's have your blueprint for the future of this football club. Let's get your. Let's get what you want. What do you want? What do you feel? How can we help? Because that's the difference between the two top clubs and us. We've never had that before. Well, it depends who the owners. Um, is. We all go mad. We all go mad. I think if Sebastian Coe takes over, they can get hold of Werner and he win the gold medal in the next Olympics for the 400 meters, and that's probably the only medal he ever. You know, uh, but being serious. He did win the Champions League last season. No, he didn't. Chelsea won the Champions League last he season. He was part of the team that won the Champions yes, League. I know. But, 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 but I'm just glad, with all my heart, that the ball fell for Havertz rather than Timo. <laughs> yes, that is true. And we have to... This isn't going to be a doom and gloom episode. I want to praise Kai Havertz. And I know that our listeners are big fans of Kai Havertz. His goal yesterday was superb. I know it was just people will say, oh, it's just a header and he was in the box. He meant every bloody bit of that header. It was great header. He had an unfortunate chance against Brentford on the on the Saturday. 
Dean Tan Ball. But he does seem to he does seem to be progressing very very nicely from a young potential pup that we bought under Frank to potentially becoming another superstar in the mould of Eden Hazard. Not in terms of how he plays, but in terms of stature in world football. Keith, if we go back over the podcast, he's the one player that I've said consistently, there is a player in that boy. He is a player. Do you know what? You can see all the worldy goals. You can see people smashing it in from 30 yards and bending them in from 40 yards. And But his goal against Newcastle epitomised his Oh, club. my God, yeah. His yeah. first touch and the way he finished that was absolutely world-class. World-class. And how old is he? 22, 23. That boy, there is a very, very good player in that boy. Um, and we've got to use him. We've got to use him as a, you know, when players want to sign for Chelsea and we're going for the players that we want, we use him as a build. He's a building brick in this thing. He's one of the players that is going to be here and he's going to, and we've got to look after him. Yeah. Yeah, we've got two world-class fullbacks. We've, we've got two world-class fullbacks. All right, we give the goalkeeper the benefit of the doubt yesterday. You know, we've got well, good goalkeepers. We, we've got to build and say, listen, this is an 18-month project. It's a two-year project. And we're going to build the best team in the UK. And that's what we've got to do. Kai Havertz is 22, by the way, not 23, yeah. 24. He's, he's 22. 22. What yeah. a player that boy could be. Uh, I, I, think he's, I think he's a super player. Super player, <laughs> And I've always said that. That's one thing I've really been consistent about with him. He is, he's got everything, that boy. With the season reaching its climax, with only, if you talk about with the end of May, you're looking at a month and a half left. Should Chelsea fans be worried, Steve, because of this potential dip we now have got of form and lack of confidence, it seems? We've got Southampton on Saturday, which will not be an easy game. Uh, we then never we've find- got... The return leg against Real Madrid, and then we've got Palace in the FA Cup. Should we be worried with the next three games? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think we should. The way we've played the last two games, yeah. Hmm. I think we should, and I'm I'm concerned. I want us to finish third, and I'm concerned. We're, we, you know, are the players that are leaving going to put themselves at risk for Chelsea Football Club? Have we got enough pride in that in that set of players to say, right, pump their chests out and say, right, we're going to give the Chelsea fans what they deserve. We're going to, we're going to, have we? This is the test. But in terms of the future of the club, whoever comes in to the club, please look at the Man City and Liverpool ways of building a football team. And let's stop this sacking after 11 games and 12. Let's make a decision with the manager where we're going to back him. And let's do it right. Because what, what's happened now is we're paying for the scattergunning approach. Sack a manager, buy some more players. Sack that manager, buy some more players. You know, we can't do that. We've got to build a club. We've got to build a team properly. Because what we've done, we've gone... 
backwards. This season is an example how far backwards we've gone. Having said that, in this season, we've become world club champions. Yes. So, all is not lost. And also, we have one of the biggest selling points for footballers that want to play in England, London. Yes. So, let's use that. Let's build. We've got two of the best fullbacks in the world. We've got players, young players, that, that are great young players. Let's buy the right players and let's create something that we can be proud of over the next two years. Because it took Klopp, it took Pep over a year, it took Klopp nearly two years to to win yes. something. You yes. know, let's fit the proper way. I think it'll be interesting between now and the end of the season. I do expect and I believe that we will finish third. I think the quicker this ownership business is sorted, the better. And I think that then Chelsea can move forward. I'll be I'll be amazed if a lot of the players that are in that squad this season will be there next season, depending on what happens. In terms of the transfer budget, in terms of ownership and in terms of what Thomas Tuchel wants. And also if the owners want Thomas Tuchel, because for all we know you know, listen, with ownership these days, managers tend to go when there's new owners that come into the club sometimes. Um, it, it'll, be in, it'll be interesting what happens between now and the end of the season. As I say, we've got Southampton coming up. Then we've got the return leg against Real Madrid. Me personally, and I'll, I'll probably speak for a lot of Chelsea fans, the tie's pretty much gone. But if we can go to Madrid and win, maybe 1-0 or 2-1, that I think that will give us a little bit of respect back, and that I think that will at least put Chelsea a little bit by way of when we haven't crumbled massively, or this hasn't been a, an end of season to forget, and also we've got the Cup semi-final against Crystal Palace, and the, with Palace losing their best player for that game in yeah. a certain Connor Gallagher. So all all is not lost and we have got some decent games coming up. We've got Everton coming up in, in the month of May. We've got Leeds away as well. So there's still a lot to play for. But I don't know. I just believe that there are some players now that their time at Chelsea should be coming to an end. And they, I think a lot of Chelsea fans will not be, they won't be sad or gutted if they went. No, listen, I think the players that, I know the, the type of players you're talking about, um, but I, I think the game has moved on. I think, uh, you know, Jorginho, I think the game's moved on. It's got pacier. It's got quick. I think he gets left behind. I think he's he's struggling in that role. He plays at his pace when the ball's got to be played quicker. And I think, you know, 
Kante, I think, isn't half the player he was because we're not playing to his strengths either. But with how old is Kante now? He's got to be 31, 32. I will have a look while we are talking. And Steve. bearing in mind that I absolutely love this guy. I think he's one of the finest guys. I think he's a brilliant footballer. But is it time now to, to rebuild? He's 31. 31. Well, you know. Who would you sign then, Keith? Who would you sign? What, this this summer? Yeah. I certainly wouldn't look yeah. at players for 90 million or 100 million anymore. Because um, I, I don't believe the new owners, whoever they are, they will probably want to make a signing of intent, which you know all all owners, all new projected owners would probably want to do. I would look at Dybala as an option, but then it it just depends on who leaves the club, because we don't want too many forwards at the club that all of a sudden one becomes disillusioned with life and becomes unhappy and then all of a sudden you have an unhappy camp um i'm a little bit of the minority i would at least look at pogba's wages and see what he wants only if Jorginho leaves or only if kante leaves because i believe we do need a strong midfielder in there and I take your point on Pogba being a kind of disease at Manchester United but I, the, the, for me there is a player there To do uh, that if you were going to sign Pogba the one player you've got to keep is Kante Yes I, I agree I agree You've got to keep because I think when he plays for France and he plays alongside Kante he's a totally different player mm. I would keep Conor Gallagher Oh, I would give I I would give him the chance next season. Um, to hell with it! I'd even see what numbers are available, and I'd give him whatever shirt number he wanted. To be perfectly honest, um, I think the boy is going to be an absolute superstar when he returns to Chelsea. I think he's he's going to be an exciting addition, and. Uh, Here's one for you. Is an unfashionable thing. Would you sign Ward Prowse? <laughs> Again, depends which players are going to still be there. I, w- I, I would at least make a bid. Yes, I, no. I, I would see where his head will lie. He, he will have to leave Southampton eventually if he wants to progress. And again, you look at what you said about Liverpool and City. I'm, I'm not advocating for one minute that we should actually try and be like them, but we should at least consider the fact that we should buy players that has got potential to become established world-class players, and I think Ward Prowse can do that. Mm, I, I, listen. Is he, is he... I would like Declan Rice, but I would not even give West Ham the money that they are after. 150 million for him? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. No way. I don't see him going for that price. I think I, I think our days of buying those type of players with Roman, that might have happened. I don't think... I, I, I think we're out of that 
that league at the moment. I think you'll find, especially if we get American owners, I think they will. I think that will be fifty million too much. You know, and I, I um, yeah, I think, I think Declan Rice will end up at Man United. You, you know don't, what? Oh, don't you dare say that. Because I think he'd take the place of Pogba. That's a good point. And I think that with Pogba's wages, which are £350,000 a week, I think they will look at it and say, right, we'll do that. Uh, yeah. Well, we're giving Sal nearly three hundred grand a week. I mean, Christ almighty, he can't even get a game at the moment and we're giving that boy nearly you know, over a quarter of a million pounds a week. But... We shouldn't end this show on doom and gloom. I want to end it on a bit of a positive and the fact that despite the fact that with the ownership issue as it is, and despite the fact that we've lost to Brentford and we've lost to Madrid, listen, Madrid are a very good side. They're not obviously the Real Madrid of old when they had the Galacticos, but they are still a very good side. I thought they took the piss a little bit by putting Gareth Bale on. I was thinking, is he still playing? Yeah, you know, I thought, thought the guy had retired at a golf course, you know, taking the piss, putting him on. But I would like to comment in a positive fashion the atmosphere at the bridge last night before the second and third goal of Real Madrid went in. The atmosphere was superb and I do love European nights at the bridge. There's always something special oh. Chelsea when it comes to European nights and I've spoken to Chelsea supporters that remember the Cup Winners Cup in 95 they remember the first Champions League sort of journey for Chelsea in 99-2000 and there's always a special feeling when you go to the bridge and it's a European night and you just expect something special to happen now I'm not expecting us to go through against Real Madrid next week but listen People thought that against Napoli in 2012 and look what happened. So you never know. Um, In terms of Chelsea this season, we're still in the FA Cup, albeit if we beat Palace, we have to play either Liverpool or City, but I believe we can beat them. And if we finish third in the league, Steve, it's better than last season. Yeah, look, I don't think we should ever forget what has happened to us We've gone on a a very successful trophy voyage where we picked up trophies here, there, and everywhere. Um, but I do believe if the structure's right, this could be the start of a new era with uh, with Chelsea, one that can be up there with the best. Um, and I think we've got the foundations to create something special. And we we have got to, you know, we if things go wrong next week, we got to the quarterfinal of the Champions League. You know, we've got then we've hopefully qualified fight for another Champions League assault next season. And Man City have had to deal with that for a long, long time, and they haven't won it ever. And they go out on the quarterfinal, semi-final for the last, what, four years, five years? They've never got to the final. Well, they got to the final against us, didn't they? But they've never won it. That's right. So, so, you know, if they can deal with it, I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can. Yeah. 
and uh, yeah. So as long as I, that blue flag is still flying high, we will be absolutely fine. I'm just I'm just gutted that we're going there at three one, and even if if the worst scenario would have been two one, when we got back into the game, you've still got a bloody good chance there. You'd never quite know. Yeah. That third goal was an absolute stab in the heart. That was. Stab well, either way, we're going to enjoy watching Chelsea between now and the end of the season, and obviously with certain issues such as only season ticket holders going to home games now, and no programs being being sold, although they are being sold on eBay. And I will mention this actually before we go. I, I hate to end on a rant. But those those bastards that are charging sixty pound for a program for last night, shame on you! Absolute yeah. shame on you, yeah. charging that money on eBay stand. for that program. Right? They've put us in in this embargo, but why can't people go and watch Chelsea and all the funds raised? by the supporters of Chelsea that want to see the game, all their money that they pay go to the Ukraine. Hmm. Why, why don't all the programme money, print the programmes, all the programme money goes to the Ukraine? Why are they saying that only season ticket holders can watch the games when they can make money for a fantastic cause? If that's the way they're going to do it, well, I think the situation at the moment, I think that's probably a topic for another day. But Steve, what we'll do for this week, we will wrap it up. But we are hoping that we'll have smile on our faces after Saturday with beating Southampton. And hopefully we get a little bit of pride and respect back against the mighty Real Madrid next week. And hopefully we'll get to an FA Cup final again by beating Crystal Palace. But... Th- Thank you very much for joining us this week on the Blue Day podcast. We are hopefully going to have a couple of nice little interviews coming up in the summer. So stay tuned to that one. We are hopefully going to uh, arrange a few one-to-one interviews and also going to try and uh, upload more content on our social media channels. If you do wish to get in touch with us, find us at the Blue Day podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Tell us what you think of Chelsea and tell us what you think of the podcast. Find us on Instagram, find us on Twitter as well, and find us on Facebook. You'll also find Steve Wicks on Facebook. He isn't hard to find. Just type his name in. He will he will get back to you eventually once he stops being on TikTok. But um Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a top that's that's gonna be a conversation for next week. But I have been Keith Lawrence. He's been Steve Wicks. Keep the blue flag flying. Stay safe and carefree. Podcast Network.